Welcome to Douglas Wilson's The Podcast, presented by Canon Press. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 206. 206. So, as things uh, get crazier and crazier in these demented times of ours, uh, we find ourselves discussing things that you probably would never have guessed that you might be discussing, uh, you know, 10 years ago or perhaps even 10 months ago. So, um, the Biden uh, regime has recently floated the idea of checkpoints at uh, uh, checkpoints at state lines to prevent unvaccinated people from traveling from state to state. They said they weren't planning on implementing this now, but they were considering it. It was uh, officially on the table. And given how people are behaving and given how it's easy for us to say, well, you know, just two more rounds of this and we will all see how crazy it is. And then that happens and nobody sees how crazy it is. What are we going to do? Well, try to anticipate the next thing. I think one of the things we need to work through is um, what is the Christian's ethical view of forged vaccine papers? Let's assume that you don't want to get the vaccine and we're, let's not go into that, but let's say that you're uh, you've taken this stand with a clean conscience. It, it's a matter of conscience and not a matter of convenience. You want to resist mandatory uh, vaccinations for principled reasons. Okay, now, if that's the case, what are you to make of fake compliance, forged vaccine passports? Now, here's the, this is the, uh, here's the difficulty. It's a challenge. And and I'll, I'll say going into this that we are in the murky gray area right now, but I think we can see uh, new black and white territory coming up. The Bible says that we're not to lie to one another, seeing that we've put off the old nature with its evil practices. That's in Colossians. And yet the Hebrew midwives lied to Pharaoh to save the lives of Hebrew baby boys, and God blessed them. Rahab uh, lied to the people pursuing the Israelite spies. And God honored her. It says in James that she was justified at that moment when she set the spies out by another way than she said she did. So uh, you've got these instances of deception and lying, but we also see that the lake of fire is reserved for liars. We see that the Ten Commandments prohibits bearing false witness against your neighbor and so on. I would submit that deception and a forged vaccine passport certainly falls under that heading. Deception is a justifiable tactic in warfare. So when you camouflage your tank to make it look like a bush or a tree from the air, when in fact, let's be frank, you and I, it is not a tree or a bush, but you've painted it to make the enemy pilot think that it was a tree or a bush. Are you not violating the Ninth Commandment? Well, no, you're not testifying in court against your neighbor. In Colossians, do not lie to one another. In other words, communities depend upon trust. Communities depend upon trust. Two enemy forces 
fighting each other do not depend upon trust. They're fighting each other. So I would argue that deception and warfare is to lying what killing and warfare is to murder. So killing and warfare is lawful, legitimate. Deception and warfare is lawful and legitimate. And if you are a Christian working for an intelligence agency and you are crossing a border and and they say, are you with the CIA? Are you, are, are you a spy? And you're a Christian. The standards of scripture do not require you to say, well, yes, actually, thank you for giving me this opportunity to come clean. <laughs> Deception in a state of war, Hebrew midwives, uh, Rahab sending the spies out, that, that just comes with the territory. That's one of the things that happens in warfare. The difficulty is this. If you start deceiving people routinely, that's in effect a declaration of war. You are saying that we are at that place right now. And I'm very nearly at that place and perhaps at that place, maybe straddling the line a little bit. In other words, I don't think it would be legitimate right now to forge vaccine passports in order to go to Disneyland. I think what you're doing is you're, you're taking a tactic of warfare and you're applying it to your personal entertainment. But I do believe that if you are, let's say I was planning to visit some underground churches in Alberta, Canada, and they wouldn't let me in the country without vaccine papers, I could see, depending on what I was going there for and the importance of that mission, I could see doing something like that. I don't see there's any ethical prohibition of it. At the same time, I think we should be very careful about ratcheting up the tensions to the point where we're in an actual civil war. And by an actual civil war, I mean a uh, shooting war. We are in a cold civil war. It's a cold war civil war right now, but it's not yet a shooting war. It's not yet a hot war. And I believe that fake vaccine passports are a significant step toward that end. And so I just want to be very careful. I can see it coming. I might already be there depending on the circumstance, but there we go. As we continue with uh, podcast episode 206, uh, we come now to our study of hamartiology, which is our study of the sins uh, that are listed in the Greek uh, New Testament. And we've come to the word dusphemia. We've come to the word dusphemia. This is a hopex occurring only once, and it is translated as evil report. Evil report. By, uh, and the, the one place where it occurs is in 2 Corinthians 6, 8, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true. So let me read that again, 2 Corinthians 6, 8, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true. Now, it's possible for a good man to bring an evil report about an evil man, as Joseph did with his brothers, for example, and the one bringing the report remains good. So bringing an evil report doesn't make you evil. If it's a truthful evil report about someone who's doing evil, then the people who are doing the evil are the ones who are being evil, and the good man who reports on it is not being wicked or anything like that. But when evil men bring an evil report about a good man, 
it is entirely different. And that's the kind of situation that Paul is describing here. Paul's describing the work of slanderers who who bring an evil report about the apostles or about the apostle Paul, and they are doing so dishonestly. So, deceivers represent Paul as a deceiver, and yet he is true. You see that at the end of the line, as deceivers and yet true. So, the deceivers represent Paul as a deceiver. So, the deceivers believe that the best defense is a good offense, and they project the sin they are actually guilty of onto their victim. The uh, person who's lying accuses the truthful man of lying. Paul was that kind of a man. Reports swirl around him. There are reports of honor and reports of dishonor. Some bring a good report, while others bring an evil report. And the word for evil report is dysphemia. Dysphemia. So my book review uh, for this, episode 206, is The Revolt of the Public by Martin Gurry, G-U-R-R-I, Martin Gurry, The Revolt of the Public. So Martin Gurry is a former analyst, I think, I think with the CIA, I forget which agency, but he, he's the kind of person who reads uh, newspapers from all over. He's the kind of person who reads reports from all over and tries to figure out objectively what is actually happening. I found this book to be um, marvelously insightful and very provocative at a, at a number of places. So he's, he's talking about a major transition that has happened within the last decade or so. And this is a significant world historical transition, right? And he, he describes it this way. In the old days, in the uh, days of the Industrial Revolution, there was a managerial elite at the top of the pyramid, and they ran the mass media for the masses. They regulated mass consumption. They, treated, they dealt with people in big blocks, right? The central logic of the Industrial Revolution was a centralizing logic. And that logic carried over into the centralization of government authority and government power and so on. And so in the old days, in the days of what you might call high modernism, there was this idea that centralized government was the most efficient and centralized government was sleek and progressive and made out of stainless steel. And this is what we're doing. We've got this the regimented masses down below, and we have the credentialed experts up above ruling us all by means of their expertise. So that's the way it was. As an illustration of this, and and when he talks about this in the book, it very much brought back to mind the situation for me as it was when I was a kid. So when, when I was a kid, there were three networks. There was ABC, CBS, and NBC. And depending on where you were, there was a local station. So maybe four, four channels, the three major networks, and then a local channel or so. And then the evening news would be a half an hour, whether it was uh, Walter Cronkite, Huntley Brinkley, or, you know, th- there was a half hour news show. And Walter Cronkite used to wrap up his show by saying at the end, he would say, and that's the way it is. 
Like, here's this objective report from on high. We have told the peons what happened today. And that, that, was, uh, that was it. Now, everything was tight. It was disciplined. It was controlled, regimented. And Gurry's thesis is that the technological revolution, the digital age, the smartphone, the internet, the, um, the interconnectedness of everybody to everybody has brought about a governmental transformation. And it's like you moved from Prussian soldiers marching in a disciplined formation to a free-for-all game of blob tag involving billions of people. So what he, what he means is this. In the old days, the information, the information that got to the people was information that was controlled by the credentialed authorities, by the ruling elites, by the, by the honchos at the top. Now, you know, I haven't sat down to read a newspaper, you know, like actually read a newspaper for years now. And, and even, even though I'm doing, I get a lot of my news from aggregated news sites, even that is kind of uh, stuck in the mud. Even that is a kind of a fuddy old thing. A lot of people get their news from their Twitter feed. They get their news because people message them with, did you see this? And, and then they go straight to the, go straight to the story or the video footage of whatever it was just shows up in their Twitter feed. What Gurry is pointing out is that uh, there's, I think he says there's something like five to six billion self uh, smartphones in the, in the world. And there are a lot of them and everybody's connected. Everybody's wired. And I was talking to a missionary friend once who said that he had a person helping him with translation who was a computer, who could repair a computer. And who and this was out in the village, out in the village, out in the jungle. He could work on a computer. He was a computer tech. But they went to the big city once, and my friend, the missionary, had to explain to him how to use a flush toilet. So there are all kinds of phones out in the jungle. There are phones in the outback. There are phones everywhere, and that means everybody's wired. Now this I'm building up to Gurry's central point, which is that this decentralization of information flow where there's there is no central pravda there is no central place where the uh, authorities control the flow of information through a checkpoint has resulted in a crisis of authority because guri argues that information and authority go together information and authority go together and since information flow has been radically decentralized he's arguing all of our governments have been radically destabilized. So when you de decentralize information, you destabilize the government. And he says these old, gov these old dinosaur governments don't know what to do. They don't know how to function in this new world. And I would submit, this is my own observation, I would submit that the, censor the censorship efforts by Twitter and by Facebook and by Google are, are dinosaurs desperately trying to get their foot on the brake, trying to get back to a position where they can control the flow of information. But I think I would submit that the monkeys are already out of the cage and you're not going to get that, you're not going to get that back again. Just a couple of um, 
anecdote, just a, stories that illustrate this. He goes all over the world. He talks about the Arab Spring. He talks about the Brexit election. He talks about Trump's first election. He wrote the book before 2016, but then there's an afterward where he ties Brexit and the first Trump election into this thesis, and it dovetails nicely. Back when the Arab Spring was first starting, there was a, a street vendor in Tunisia who set himself on fire, burned to death, and it was caught on film, went viral, and the government of Tunisia was toppled as a result because it went viral. Now, another street vendor had uh, set himself on fire just a few months before, but it didn't get filmed. It wasn't, it didn't go viral, didn't have that effect. But it, this was a, one of those spontaneous, who knows why it went, it just went viral and it had that effect. So Tunisia, the government of Tunisia went down. Well, the next country to go through the, this was Egypt. And, and that was different because a, a nondescript, nobody Egyptian citizen basically scheduled a revolution on Facebook as a Facebook event. <laughs> That's how it happened. See, he schedules, schedules this Facebook event and 100,000 people showed up. And this is because the people are communicating with one another sideways. People can put together their own news aggregators. They can check their own websites. They can mix and match what they want, and they get their information from someplace other than the authorities. And it is not possible, Gurry argues, and I agree with him, it's not possible for governments to function in a climate like that without being radically destabilized. And that's what we're seeing happen now. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know by leaving a rating and a review. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Yeah.